Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We knew Nick Saban's retirement would have ripple effects across college football. Those ripples have reached the Big 12 Conference. Arizona's Jed Fish is going to be the next coach at Washington after Washington's Kalen DeBoer takes the Bama job. What does this mean for Arizona? How did the Wildcats athletic department mess this up? And a lot more is coming up on today's Big 12 Watch. I am your host, Josh Neighbors. This is, once again, the Big 12 Watch on Crystal Ball College Football. We are part of the 365 Sports Network. You all can find us wherever you guys get your podcasts and on YouTube as well. If you find us in podcast locations, such as Stitcher, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts, five stars is uh, great if you all can do that. And also, too, you guys, if you guys find us on YouTube, subscribe to the channel, like the video, and leave comments. Those are all ways you all can help support this channel. And I really, really appreciate it when you all do those things. It helps us. Uh, all of us here at Crystal Ball College Football and helps the Big 12 watch too, helps 365 Sports, helps uh, support this show and and help us keep grinding on this thing. All right, folks. So uh, first big blow has been dealt the Big 12 in 2024. It comes in the form of Jed Fish taking the Washington job. Now, Washington got a Kalen DeBoer, who's one of those coaches who has won everywhere he has went. So it was not surprising when we saw the list from Pete Thamel about the candidates that uh, Washington was considering as a replacement for DeBoer, including coaches like Chris Kleiman, including coaches like Lance Leipold, including coaches like Jed Fish, including coaches like Matt Campbell. Uh, we also saw names on there. Uh, Kalani Sataki was on there. So names in the Big 12 footprint were all being considered. And it sounded like it got down to Leipold and Fish. And Lance Leipold is staying, Jed Fish is not, and I think Brett McMurphy might be able to shed some light on why this has happened. This tweet is from Brett yesterday. He says, Jed Fish accepts the Washington job, sources told Action Network. Arizona team is meeting over the next hour. Arizona had opportunity to get Fish new deal, but it wasn't a priority for school, source said. UW, and it's not about the schedule, whatever. Um, so. Arizona's financial problems have been well documented. But that being said, like you still have to be able to go and find money from your donors. There has to be money in the banana stand if you are serious about football. And Arizona this year proved reasons why they should be serious about football. As you know the, the landscape is changing, 
Arizona has a chance to be a player for recruits in both the state of California, state of Texas, and obviously at home in Arizona, where there is so much good talent. Instead, they have a great season. They did not make, according to this report, and there's no reason to not believe it, uh, they did not make retaining Jed Fish a priority. And as a result of that, and look, here's the thing. They might have been able to get an extension done with him and still lost him. That is totally possible. But with that in mind, folks, um, you know, like there is still a pretty good, I mean, there's still a chance to get lost, but you'd retain some cash, right? Or, you know, Jed Fish might stay if you made him comfortable. And Jed Fish went one and 11. He went five and seven. He went 10 and three. I mean, that's not a natural progression, winning progression. I don't know what is right? I know he has not been a head coach for very long, but obviously this is a guy who has spent a lot of time around players, obviously knows the ins and outs of player development. He's 47, right? But he has coached, uh, you know, like the New Jersey Red Dogs at one point, Florida, Houston Texans, Baltimore Ravens, Denver Broncos, uh, University of Minnesota, Seattle, Miami, Jacksonville, Michigan, UCLA, UCLA, LA Rams, right? Uh, New England Patriots. Then he came to Arizona obviously, and things have gone really well as he's built that program up. So it seems like a good hire for Washington um, from the standpoint of, hey, you know, you, you did have a coach who was kind of like that winning, winning formula, right? The Lance Leipold's of the world, the Galen DeBoer's of the world. Um, Jed Fish looks like he's doing a little bit of that. You know, Lance Leipold didn't win in his first year at Kansas, but Jed Fish went 1-11, 5-7, 10-3. and three. So like that is pretty, you know, bad, average, you know, in the average range and great uh, is what Jed Fish did. And that's a guy who's a program builder. And that's kind of what, or, you know, he's at least building Arizona. And that's what Kalen DeBoer was at Washington. So now they get a coach in Jed Fish. And I think a lot of people probably like that fit, right? As a coach is now familiar with the area. And he's, look, he coached in Seattle for a period of time, coached in Denver as well. Coached obviously at Arizona. He was the interim coach at UCLA. So he's a gentleman who's familiar with the West coast, right? Uh, even though he's from the East coast, he's just well-traveled and, uh, you know, you don't always have to be from a certain place to win. We know that urban Meyer won at Florida. Uh, you know, uh, Dan Mullen was a Northeastern guy, you know, guys can go different places and win different places. Uh, and so Jed fish, though, I think has a lot of experience that he drew upon from other places and turned it in cash that in this year. And now you have to watch to see, all right, how much of the transfer portal are we going to see? Um, you know, from this, this Arizona team, because this is an Arizona team that had a good chance at bringing back a lot of talent next year. It was going to be a preseason top 25 team. They've got a really good quarterback. They've got good wide receivers. They've got good running backs. They had a good offensive line. They had a really, really good defense this year. Um, I think that's something that we have to, you know, think about they had a really good defense. So what does Arizona state do, or excuse me, what does Arizona do and, and, and how can they, um, can they parlay that into getting another good coach and keeping players in the roster? So AZ Central has a list. Jeremy Clough uh, out of the Arizona Republic. He has got this. He has Brent Brennan from San Jose State. Casey Dunn from Oklahoma State. Brennan Carroll from Arizona, uh, the offensive coordinator. Uh, Johnny Nansen, the former Arizona defensive uh, coordinator. Troy Calhoun at Air Force. Jake Dickard at Washington State. Uh, Jamie Chadwell at Liberty, Jason Candle at Toledo, Garrett Riley at Clemson, Barry Odom, UNLV, Justin Wilcox, Will Stein, Ryan Grubb, Jeff Trailer, GJ Kinney. So there's a lot of different ways they could go. 
Um, it always felt like, I mean, I've, I have been banging the table for Jeff trailer for a long time. It always felt like Jeff trailer was going to end up at a Texas related job just because that is where his roots are. But what I will say is Arizona, not just cause it's hot and it's got desertish features. Um, but Arizona has got a little bit of that feel where, Hey, look, like this is a program that, you know, you can win at. You just need to generate enthusiasm. You need to generate excitement. You need to get people wanting and believing. And if you're trailer, do you think you can keep winning at UTSA and then cash in later? I think he can. I think he knows that he can. But I think Seth Luttrell is a good cautionary tale. And Seth Luttrell's done a good job as OC at Oklahoma. But Seth Luttrell's success at North Texas is a pretty good blueprint for how this can go well. And all of a sudden, it can go sideways. Um, and I don't think, I don't think he's a bad coach at all, but like it was going really, really well for, for him. And then it wasn't going really well for him. And then he was out of a job. So Arizona has got plenty of options. I think now that you're in the big 12, do you need to go text related? No, like you need to make the best possible hire. And so here's what I will say about this. Um, Ryan Grubb did not get the Washington job. Jed fish did. That would be an interesting jujitsu if Jed Fish took that job and Grubb goes to Arizona, right? That would be very, very interesting if that were the case. Will Stein's really good and young, but here's the issue, you know, really unproven. And it kind of reminds you almost of what it's actually you know, pretty much similar to what Kenny Dillingham is doing right now at Arizona State. And once again, I think Kenny Dillingham actually had a decent first year considering everything that program was having to deal with, um, you know, at the time we took over and all the injuries that Arizona state had. But the big question is this is, can you attract these guys to this job? If you are not going to pay them well, if you are not going to invest in them, their program and the players. And I think if this is true and look, coaches and their agents will know if this is true or not, if the extension was not a priority, I think you might have a difficult time. You might scare away some potential top candidates from that job because they don't believe that your brass is invested. And that is the uphill climb that Arizona now faces because I'm sure it's behind closed doors. It's now out in public that that we know there are financial issues. But if we can't find money from donors to keep a coach that let's see Arizona football, uh, let's see Arizona football football by season, right? Let's just go Arizona football by season. Arizona's last 10 win season was with Rich Rodriguez back in 2014. Okay. That's the only one they've had uh, besides this one in the 21st century. Dick, to uh, Dick Tomey, I believe it is. Yeah. Dick Tomey uh, had a 12 win season. He had a 10 win season. Uh, this was back in the eighties and the nineties, nineties when he had those two. So you are seeing right now a level of success that is not normal for Arizona. And I think there's a lot of, and look like Arizona is usually their good seasons are followed up by some not so good seasons. Looks like Jed Fish was beginning to build there. Do you go for a program builder? Do you want to go, you know, do you go for, um, try to find maybe a, you know, a, a West coast version of a, uh, you know, of a Lance Leipold of a Chris Kleiman, you know, other guys out there like in the Montana head coach, right. Or, uh, South Dakota State, and the, the, their head coach might be going elsewhere. Um, you know, Bobby Bobby Hawk, uh, Hawk, the the coach at Montana, right? You know, or do you go for the GJ Kenny, Jeff Trailer, uh, who are head coaches at smaller levels, 
or you know, a small level on D one level, but other places. Do you go the offensive coordinator route? Do you go for a seasoned coach like a Barry Odom who has had a uh, you know career recovery over there at UNLV? Do you go for the younger guy like a Jason Candle who's kind of in that mix that we talked about? There's a lot of options, and there are coaches in that area of the country that could do well. But I mean, we'll see who they get. But look, if you want to compete, you got to spend. Kansas is fending off other schools that want their head coach because they're paying him well, they're putting into the facilities, and they just recruited one of their best classes. That's partially success, but also that's part of your NIL operation too. The big question for Kalen DeBoer, you know, as he's going to Washington, Alabama, is like, we know the guy can coach. We've seen it everywhere he's gone. He can coach. Can he recruit? Um, if you go to these schools and you want to, you like, you have to coach in the Big 12 schools too. Yes, but, you know, can you recruit players? Can you re-recruit your roster? And the big thing is you need to keep the coach though. The coach is the one that does that. So you have to maintain control of the coach. And once again, he still could have left, but like, it didn't seem like it was that hard of a choice to go to the big 10 to take the Washington job. If you had not taken care of the coach yet, you have to take care of the coach. Like it's just, it's not going to work for Arizona. And here's the thing. Guys, I mean, I hope Noah Fafita stays. I really do. I hope um, McMillan stays. Like, I hope we get all of these guys that stay. But you have to be worried now uh, about them, and we'll have to see who they want, right? We have to see, uh, you know, who they who they kind of want to to go with at Arizona. But um, tenuous times, and obviously it's a big loss, and it shows you. You have to be all in as a program. Um, and even then, you know, a good example of this is uh, Sonny Dykes losing Garrett Riley to Clemson last year. Right. Another good example of this was Jim Knowles going from Oklahoma State to Ohio State. Sometimes you can make your best effort. You can make as much of a financial commitment to a coach as you possibly can as an assistant. And sometimes great schools can just beat you. But if you don't, if you don't try, how will you even know? You, you can't win if you don't play. Uh, you cannot be like, oh, you can't lose if you don't play. No, you can't win if you don't play. And so Arizona now is in a serious serious, uh, you know, not, not super, like I'm not gonna say it's serious trouble, but uh, they've got some serious issues facing their program currently as, as you know, with what they're dealing with, um, and money wise, can they keep their stars too? All right. Uh, let's talk about some basketball really fast. And this will have obviously more ripple effects down the line too. basketball. So big 12 hoops this weekend. Um, your big results from the weekend were Kansas getting by or getting by and uh, extending, I guess you could say their lead and then, you know, beating Oklahoma in a top 10 matchup, 78 to 66 at home, which was a lot of fun. Top 10 game. Hunter Dickinson was great. That was why this was tough. And, and Oklahoma has got some good players, but really honestly, they can't, they, they aren't great on the interior defending. Uh, the other big result was TCU 68 to 67 over Houston. Houston's now lost back to back games. The big story is TCU did not show us a lot in non-conference. The first three games for TCU in conference play, a two-point loss against the Kansas Jayhawks, and then they get the win against number uh, nine, Oklahoma, at home. They get the win against number two, Houston, at home. So three top 10 teams played, and uh, you know you have a one-point win, a nine-point win, and a two-point loss. And they won this game, TCU did, off a dribble drive, Avery Anderson, and then uncharacteristically, Houston fell asleep, a backdoor cut from Emmanuel Miller, where he got himself there, a great veteran play. And on the night where he was uh, three of 10 in total, that was the big one that helped lift the team and get the win. I'll tell you what, 
this team for uh, TCU got a lot of experience. Micah Peavy's been around for a long, long time, right? Micah Peavy's been through the wars. Texas Tech in 2020, in the next three years, he has spent at, uh, at, at TCU. You've got a guy like Avery Anderson, right? Avery Anderson spent four years at Oklahoma State, is now here at TCU. You've got Emmanuel Miller, who spent two years at AM and now in his third is in his third season uh you know with the um with TCU. You've got Xavier Cork, right? Xavier Cork spent two years at Western Carolina, now in his uh, fifth season in total, third at TCU. Chuck O'Bannon, another guy, a senior, right? Who spent three years at USC. And now, I mean, this is the seventh year of college basketball for O'Bannon, which is absolutely crazy uh, that he's still doing it. Jameer Nelson Jr., who they got in, right? Two years at GW, two years at Delaware, and now a fifth year senior with TCU. They're bench scoring. They have got a really, I mean, Jacoby Coles, right? He is a junior, but still he played one year at Butler. This is his fourth year of college basketball. They are so freaking old. They've got all these guys who are these experienced players. And even Assam Mustafa, it was a senior for them that came in off, off the bench. Like this is an old basketball team, right? A really old basketball team. You know, Travian Tennyson. I mean, a guy who's technically, I believe, is a senior as well. So, I mean, I think Ernest Uday is the only under, yeah, he's the only underclassman who played uh, in the game the other day, uh, I believe. So, yeah, I think that's everybody who played. Um, and so you're seeing how the, the experience of this team, that now they're, they're back to you know the the wars of the Big Twelve. They're showing up. They're fighting. They're competing. They're winning big games. I did it at home. I do some of it on the road. But uh, it looks like TCU basketball is in a pretty good spot right now, considering where we looked like you know uh, the preseason or the early season, regular season, um, non-conference. They did not look excellent, and now they've definitely turned that around. Also, thought BYU picking up their first win at UCF was impressive. Baylor getting by uh, Cincinnati. Late in that game shows you I think Cincinnati's still pretty good. We'll see how these teams, new teams hold up once the grind really begins. West Virginia, 76, Texas, 73. Glad for them because West Virginia is 6 and 10. And here's the thing. They've got some good players. Kirk Reese is not bad. Raekwon Battle's really good. Um, they just don't have a whole lot of quality depth. And so in a game where they forced 22 turnovers, that was the big difference for them. They forced 22 turnovers and they were in attack mode. They shot 41 free throws. So that was the big key for them in this game was how aggressive West Virginia was getting after it. Texas Tech gets a win off a, a last second shot, or you know, late in the game shot, and then one from Joe Toussaint, which was good to see them get the victory there. Um, you know, and that's that was a back and forth uh fun game between team two. Two and two, two and O teams at that point. Texas Tech now shares the lead in sole or uh, uh, dual possession of first place with Baylor. Iowa State a workmanlike 66-42 win over Oklahoma State. All right, that will do it for today's show. Make sure you follow us on Twitter uh, slash X at NWPod365. You guys can find me at Josh Neighbors underscore. You all can find this great program wherever you all get your podcast. You all can find me uh, at Josh Neighbors underscore. I think I got it all. Uh, yeah, so we'll talk to you folks tomorrow.